I'm Jay Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. Hey, Jay Mac. Hey, yo. How's it going? Good. It's, uh, I was just saying, it, it's been a while, but it hasn't really been a while. I feel like time's so slow now, but so fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. How long since we last recorded now? Like, we've done one this year, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it was like back in February or March, but like, I mean, it's, I guess it's only three or four months ago, but I I don't know. Yeah. For some reason, it feels like a year. It's just time's so weird right now on a lot of different levels. I mean, for me, the extra level is, is kind of the new parenting. Yep. So it's just like, like I was saying, every day is kind of like a little bit the same. So it just, it goes quick, but it feels like in, independently, it feels, you know, longer. Yeah. And I guess there's not as many things to like break up time, like travel and yeah conferences and all those sorts of things yeah i'm kind of missing an in-person conference both on the travel level and the you know just social you know get out level just hanging with peeps hanging with fellow devs yep yeah so we have a extra special reason that we've got uh this episode yeah yeah well i was gonna say real quick i just i think after I think after we have kind of finished this project and and touched it up a little bit, I'm definitely I'm going to I'm going to go into like maybe a little relax mode for like a week, even if even if it's like a staycation, you know? Just go into J-Mac hibernation mode. Maybe. I don't know. I need to sleep for a bit. That'd be great. Yeah. Sleep would be awesome. <laughs> but like just I feel like we've been in build mode this whole time. So, you know, to talk about the project a little more. Actually, build mode reminds me you said you finally watched Robot Guy movies. Yeah, I well, I'd seen the first one, which I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. That's you just you know, forgot the name of the movie. I just forgot the name of the movie, but I'd seen the first one and I really liked it. I kind of liked, you know, tinkering with all this cool tech and just making things. Oh yeah. But I tried some of the other like Marvel stuff, and I was just like, I don't understand it. Everyone was talking about Endgame a while ago and how amazing it was, sure. and I tried to watch it and like. There's just like all these people just being thrown at you. Stuff's happening everywhere. And I'm like, I have well, no yeah, idea what's going on. Well, yeah, you can't just jump on. right into in-game. Yeah. Well, I realized that like 15 minutes into it and I'm like, I can't watch this. This is, uh, it's not made for me. But more recently yeah. I started, you know, I thought I'd give it a go. So I went back to the start and watched Iron Man again. And then I've watched like Hulk and then the other Iron Man yep. and Thor. And I've still got to watch Captain America, but... I'm getting myself prepared to actually be able to watch Endgame, hopefully, and know what the hell's going on. <laughs> the beauty of Endgame wasn't so much the the movie itself. It it was like this decade-long build-up into that direction. And yeah. if you had kind of like watched all these like premieres when they came out, you, you'd been following that story. Oh, yeah. You were kind of like, uh, you know, invested at that point. Like me and my brother, we went to, I mean, we read the comic books as a kid, but then we went to you know, each premiere, like opening night, all of them, you know, yeah. the Iron Man's, the the Captain America's, Thor's. So it was, you know, that was the culmination of all of it. I think I just saw one tweet at the time that was like, oh, this is such a good movie, even if you're not really into the Marvel stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I think that was, that was a bad tweet though. So yeah, maybe. Anyway, yeah, but the build mode always reminds me, like, you know, Tony Stark, like, busting out his wall, and he's going to build, like, a particle collider, like, in his house, and it's just like, we're in build mode, and it's like, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, we've been been in build mode. It's been uh, 
it's been pretty full on. It's it's been an awesome project, yeah. but uh, I think like all projects, you know, you have an idea of how long you think it's going to take, and then you know, there's little hiccups, little things to tweak and yeah. fix, and oh. that started getting me towards the end. So yeah, I guess we have been working on building a desktop app version of the workbench. Yeah, and kind of the the quick story from my side is. You know, I've always felt like the workbench is a really great tool, but it's just kind of been like hidden underneath shift. Yep. And despite efforts to maybe market it and so forth or like throw it in with subscriptions and yada yada, like it it just it hasn't had kind of like the same growth. It, it's had some usage for sure. I think it's had over like a thousand runs, but, you know, it's been out about a year. That's, you know, relative to shift. It, it just hasn't seemed like it's gotten the usage it deserved so we got to thinking and and i just kind of felt especially in the laravel community with more of these desktop applications like it needs to be closer to the developer like in their time of need yeah when i want to format my code i don't think oh i'm gonna log into you know shift via you know github bitbucket gitlab whatever go into the workbench build this yaml task thing and you know then hit run and wait for a p you know what i mean like you're just going to want to run it locally yeah but then you have the challenge of like which tool you're going to use php cs fixer you're going to use you know uh php code sniffer fix command like you know all these kind of overlapping tools and which one's the latest and yeah the workbench like the online version of the workbench was really good when you wanted to like do a bulk you know action against like a lot of repos but for yeah. like day-to-day stuff, it was just the the process of the whole PR thing and everything was, yeah, just added that little bit of resistance. Yeah, exactly. Resistance, friction, just a tiny bit of pain compared to what the task actually was, right? The yeah. relative pain didn't feel worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we have been working on a desktop, more specifically Electron-backed uh, version of the workbench that you can install locally and we just released an alpha last tuesday for that but to jess's point i think i started like publicly talking about releasing the alpha probably late april so like (laughs) or or at least at least mid-may and that kind of started to kill me personally because i just felt like it was dragging on a bit for no specific reason just lots and lots of little things. Yeah, tons of little things. Yeah. There was that tweet that was like, hey, when you're 90% done, you're halfway there. Yep. <laughs> and it was just, I love plays on words like that. So it was really, I thought that was great because it, it came at kind of the perfect time where we were in that moment. You know, some of that's, anytime you use new tech, even if it's the same tech, like I'm, I'm totally familiar with building applications way back from iOS. So I I knew generally what it was going to take to kind of build it. But I had forgotten about things like code signing and publishing processes Mm -hmm. for like all the distributions. So like that burned probably two weeks. And then, you know, like you said, the little touches, of course. Uh, But then you kind of start, okay, well, it's already taken an extra month. Let's go ahead and add this other thing that we talked about saying we were always going to add and started to drag. Yeah. It felt non-JMAC. Just little things like adding in, you know, like self-updating and, you know, license checking, all those sorts of things. There is stuff that's like, it's ancillary to the app. It's not, when you think of the app, you don't really 
think of those things, but they're all really important to get, like especially the updates, because if you don't have that from the first version, then everyone that finds a bug, they've got to manually update the software rather than having the, you know, like a nice process for them to do it. So Yeah, exactly. I think initially we were kind of like, oh, well, we'll just let the alpha users like re-download the app and install it that way. Like it just, yeah, it just, it ended up being one of those things where like, because it was this independent piece of software and it's distributed, the distributed thing is really what gets it. Like you can push a half finished thing out on the web, I think a little easier because it's kind of like, it's all still centralized. You can go to the server, just you and fix it in that one spot. And now everybody sees the new stuff. Yeah, whereas you can't like force people to update software that's downloaded on their computer. Exactly. And and there's even no means to kind of reconnect with them if if you don't have some kind of in-app, in a way, naggy window that pops up and says, hey, you're running an old version, you know, yeah. get, get the latest updates. So, you know, that again, that was another two weeks kind of getting that all polished up. Um, and And we still kind of launched with that being a little bit of an unknown. It wasn't totally <laughs> tested. So yeah, I'm very glad it worked. But that was the other thing, testing the application. Like it's just a lot of levels. Yeah. It's been an interesting process. Like I feel like it'd be good to talk a little bit about building an Electron app and what's involved and how we were able to divide the labor between us. Yeah. I don't know if we should punt that to another episode or if we could get into a little bit of it. I think I think just tying up some of this taking too long bit, like it, it took as long as it needed to take, right? Like in, in yeah. just kind of a philosophical way. But the interesting thing for me that I definitely wanted to point out, you know, kind of for the listeners who have, have been with us maybe in past episodes and, and people that maybe have seen me speak about Yagni and so forth, like this is kind of the interesting part of Yagni. This is this is where it it, it gets challenging right I, I think it's pretty easy to say oh we're not going to need it we're not going to need it you can kind of take this default mode of saying no all the time in a way yeah but sometimes you get in these scenarios where choosing yagni the thing that actually is the yagni right it is the actually oh we don't need it it is the simplest path choosing the simplest path is still actually really challenging and you could think you're on it and you're not so i think yeah. one of the things i wanted to point out was of course, when we built this, we said, oh, let's just take the Workbench page from the web and make it an app. Yeah. And easy, right? We started with that. Yeah, exactly. We started with that because that really felt like it was an easy kind of discussion to say, oh, we already have all this. We already have UI. Let's just turn that into an app. Yeah. And then we kind of realized there's a couple of issues with that that turned out not being kind of the simplest path, right? Or yeah. at least not being maybe the right choice, even if it were simple. Yeah. And we had the discussion. Should this be like like a taskbar application, right? Because mm-hmm. most of these things are just one click. Like, do we even need an app? And, you know, we kind of talked ourselves out of why it couldn't be that. And and it, and it, ultimately, I don't think that it could be. There, There's preferences. There's setting. Of, there's just too many like little UI things you need to kind of set and run yeah um so i don't think a taskbar app was ever going to work but we because we abandoned the taskbar we kind of jumped from well it's not taskbar so it's got to be a copy of the web and and we didn't spend any time talking about in between and 
individually, those were those were the right discussions, and I think the right kind of honoring Yagni choices. But maybe it wasn't as as binary. You know, we missed a choice in there of like, okay, it's it's still an app, and you still kind of use it and set these UI, but we can still achieve one click runs. You know, for some of these tasks, it was easy to say, oh, let's let's just copy that, but. I think it's also important that even when you have existing things in place, it's sometimes good to just check in and say, if I didn't have anything, what would the approach be? Yeah. Because sometimes if you stick with the thing you've got, you know, it's a bit of like sunk cost fallacy, right? Like you're kind of just throwing more more time in after something that, you know, maybe isn't worth the time. And the whole thing with like with the, the YAML editor and being able to like, you know, compose multiple tasks together to run as one build Again, that works really nice on the web where you want to batch a bunch of things together. Yeah. But when you're running it on your computer against like files on your, you know, on your machine, being able to just say, "Oh, I just want to run just want to format the code or I just want to use, you know, short short arrow functions and have just that one discrete change without having to go in and craft the YAML for it." It just created a much better user experience. Yeah. And made it something that, you know, it makes me more more wanting to use it as well because it's like it just reduces that that friction. Yeah, I think the use cases changed, and yep. I think initially we said, "Oh, make make the Workbench app desktop," and that's that's very simple. But yeah, we didn't take that second to kind of rebuild in a way like the user personas or the use cases of the application, because the whole point of bringing it local was we thought people would use it, you know, more readily. Yeah. And what better way to use it more readily than single click? So we obviously we eventually got there, but I thought it was a good point. Again, kind of bringing up that Yagni concept, bringing up choices and how they can affect development and and how they take long or don't take long. The nice thing was it was a it was a very easy pivot. Oh yeah, and that's that's kind of one of the ancillary things of Yagni is like even if you make the wrong choice, if you if you are truly doing kind of the simplest thing, then it should be a pretty simple change to pivot to the other simplest thing, right? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, you burn a little time, of course. That's inevitable, but. Yeah, it, at least we still allowed ourselves to have that discussion. Like you said, sunk costs. Some people might have just been like, well, let's just release this for version one and, you know, we'll we'll make single click a version two feature, you know. and But, I mean, you can only launch things so many times. There's only, you know, you can only make one first impression on someone. If someone writes it off first time they run it, it might be hard to get them back again. So Yeah, that's true. I think, I think... Um, that is important to remember too is like not so important that you need to build something for a year but like of course yeah you do want to keep that in mind that should have been a factor you know too like and i think that's why we stopped and did it yeah there's so many things as well that we kind of know oh yeah this will be good to add in later on but it wasn't like something that had to be in version one there's a whole bunch of tasks that we started working on that they just need more refining before we can release them. And rather than delay the whole release because of, you know, two yeah. extra tasks or whatever that, you know, weren't, weren't working great, just don't include those to start with. It's definitely been fun, though, like to work on, on kind of a new tech. And I, I do think we're close to what we set out to achieve. So I think I think that's super awesome because hopefully, you know, at some point it's just going to be updates that add tasks like the UI is going to be pretty locked in. Yeah. We still want to refine a couple pieces, but I'm I'm glad we made that kind of task mode default view where you really just hit the play button or the run button, you know, whichever, and and you know you're off and this task is just working. Yeah, and the important thing now is now that it's in people's hands, we can get feedback. Yeah, 
and do that refining rather than trying to do it all up front and trying to get it right 100% first go. That is another aspect that, you know, took a little bit too, not, not super long compared to some of these other things, but like, yeah, how do people, you know, how do you want people to send error reports, right? Of course, we yeah. have error tracking and stuff kind of built in when things crash, crash reporting, but like, you know, what about an issue or what about a feature suggestion or whatever? So, you know, we talked about that for a little bit. We just made a GitHub repo that's like just issues, but yeah. it's, you know, it's out there, it's in the open, it's public. I think it's, I think it's great and it works. It allows us to track and hopefully people are familiar with kind of that interface. So it, you know, we definitely did things still that were kind of simple and maybe not the forever way it'll be. Yeah. But I think, I think those are all fun. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, that kicks off this. I definitely want to talk about the more technical stuff, but in in the interest of keeping these, you know, right around 20 minutes, maybe we'll cut this here and then we'll, we'll follow up with like kind of more of a technical, how we built it kind of chat. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, see you all next time. Catch you next time. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 37.